This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. It's Don LaGreca. It's Game Misconduct. Hopefully everybody had a phenomenal July 4th. We get deeper into the summer, but that does not mean there isn't news around the National Hockey League. And we told you periodically through the summer we'd pop on with a new one when news began to pile up. And certainly it has. Free agency on July 1st had a lot of activity and somebody that was on top of all of it. From NHL.com, also my third baseman for the Mark Sasso Softball Classic coming up on July 22nd in Hawthorne, New Jersey, is Dan Rosen. What's up, buddy? They can all come out and see me maybe drop a fly and maybe feel the ground ball I shouldn't get. You say that, but you always (laughs) come up big. Uh, That's what I said. I'll feel the ground ball I shouldn't get, but I will drop an easy (laughs) pop-up. Never, never, never. we got so many different places we can go. But I guess maybe the team that really popped, I thought, uh, with some of the actions that they made is Dallas. I mean, obviously they're trying yeah. to go for it here. So let's assess some of the things that you think that they've did. And do you believe that this is now a contender in the West? I do. I really do. I think that they have, and it, just, it didn't just happen, obviously, July 1st. Mm-hmm. It goes back to getting Ken Hitchcock on board. This was the team that had the worst defense in the league last year, the worst save percentage at 893 in the league last year. Their penalty kill was awful. Uh, they gave up a ton of goals, and a lot of that has to do with their goaltending. Hitchcock will fix some of that. Ben Bishop's going to fix a lot of that, too, and they signed him. What a huge upgrade he is over Auntie Niemi sure. as a number one, and now Kerry Lettinen can be the number two, a very highly paid number two, but nevertheless a number two uh, to Ben Bishop. And then you bring in Mark Mathot with the trade with Vegas. That was a big addition, too. He's a top pair defenseman. I understand he's played – you know, he played last season with Eric Carlson, and a lot of guy Eric Carlson's going to make a lot of guys look good. But on the flip side, you can look at it and say the guy who plays with Carlson helps him look good too because he does so many dynamic things offensively. You got to be good defensively if you play with Eric Carlson, and Mark Mathot is that. So he's a big upgrade there on their D. And then you bring in Marty Hansel, and look, Marty Hansel is a great addition up the middle. You now have Tyler Sagan, Jason Spezza, Marty Hansel, Devin Shore, Roddick Fox up the middle. Spezza could move to the wing. You can have a Ben Sagan-Spezza line. Hansel could be your number two center, win a lot of defensive zone face-offs, take a lot of that pressure off of Tyler Sagan with the D-zone draws, too. Uh, and, and he's just an all-around 200-foot guy, going to fit perfectly into what Hitchcock wants to do. And then you add the dynamic scorer on the wing in, in Radulov. Uh, and he's a guy who had 18 goals last year with the Canadians, uh, 54 points. I think he can do more uh, with given an opportunity to play with a, a good centerman. I don't think he had that in, you know, they don't have an elite center. You know, it's a potential, maybe he does play with Sagan, or at least he does play with, you know, Marty Hansel. And, and away you go there. I think they're a contender. You look around that division and yeah. – Who's standing out to you right now? Nashville was very good in the playoffs, not a very good regular season team. Uh, but, you know, they, they, were, they did lose James Neal, added Nick Benino. But uh, I think it's open for the Stars. I'm not saying they're winning the division, but I'm saying that they're going to contend for it. You know, and then you look at the rest of uh, you know the West, Chicago. They seem to get in the habit of reacquiring players, right? They went out and got yes. Johnny Oduya. Uh, they make the trade uh, during the off season. It may be a controversial trade, but you know they bring in Saad. They re-sign Sharp. So a team that we kind of forget was the best team in the Western Conference of the regular season. They got swept by Nashville, so you forget about them. But I like the way that they've retooled, and I think they can be back. 
Yeah, they could be very good. The, the thing about it, the, the big loss is Nicholas Yalmerson. That's that's the big loss. Uh, but Connor Murphy's pretty good. And I think Connor Murphy, given an opportunity to play with better players, with better uh, with a better offense and a better system, uh, I think he's going to show what he can do. And he's six, I think, six years younger also than Nicholas Yalmerson as well. So mm-hmm. that should help, and, and it helps him out on the right side as well. They'll have to keep incorporating some of their young guys as they did last year in Chicago, but they'll be right there. I mean, they're going to be right there. And Brandon Saad, what they lost in Marion Hosa, which is a tough loss for them, Brandon Saad makes up for that. And I think that's why they went out and got Brandon Saad for Artemi Panarin. They looked around and they said, well, we've got Patrick Kane. And, yes, Panarin's great with him, but we are now without Marion Hosa for this season at least and maybe for the next, for, for, for good. And Brandon Saad can play that 200-foot game, that skating game, grind it in if he has to, get out in the rush if he has to, play on all special teams units. I think they needed that replacement, and they sacrificed Panarin to get it. But they've got other guys there, some of the younger guys, too, that have stepped up last year. Ryan Hartman's a guy I think you know can be another 20-goal scorer for them. And uh, I, I think that they'll be, they'll be right there again i just can't see them not being right there again uh the sharks bring back thornton on a one-year deal they lose marlowe and i love the fact that toronto acquired patrick marlowe because i thought the one thing that was missing against the capitals was experience you had a bunch of kids not a lot of experience in the postseason i know marlowe's never won a cup but he's been in the playoffs almost his entire career stanley cup final in 2016 uh, almost a regular at times early in his career in the conference final but three years where you you think that was too much of a price for toronto to pay well, I think they weren't getting him unless they did the third year, and they wanted him enough to do the third year. But it, but here's the thing with that, and, I, and I've had a lot of reaction to supporting this move mm-hmm. by, from Toronto. I've supported this move from Toronto's perspective because Marlowe is a guy who scored 27 goals last year. They have a window. He's still good. He can still skate. He has not lost his wheels. He can play the system and the, with these young guys in Toronto. He can play that way still. Uh, and the third year is something that you cannot concern yourself with right now if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs and if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Austin Matthews doesn't get paid the big money for another two years. Same thing with Mitchell Marner. William Nylander's got one more on his entry-level contract. In terms of a short window of opportunity early in these guys' career, and there's going to be a number of windows for these guys, but the short window of opportunity is the next two years. And if you look around the Eastern Conference, I keep asking myself, why not Toronto? Their defense still maybe needs some work, Mm -hmm. but you got to trust Lou Lamarillo to do the work to get it done if they need to, whether it's before the season, middle of the season, trade deadline, whatever it may be. There'll be options for them. There certainly will be. Look at Vegas. Vegas has a ton of guys who are on one-year deals. Maybe they got a defenseman that Toronto can go fishing for, you know? So there's there's work to be done on the D, but but with this window, with Matthews and Marner and Nylander under entry-level contracts, you can go out and get yourself a Patrick Marlowe to have the experience to still score you 20-plus goals, and then that third year is going to come around and it's going to be a problem. But 
it's not so big of an issue if you've done some significant damage, right. maybe even win the Stanley Cup in the next two years. Yeah. I don't think is out of the question. No, I don't think so either, because look at how they pushed Washington. You say, well, that's Washington yeah. there. Yeah. But the fact is they just reeked of not having that experience. So at least at least Edmonton out west, Dan, they they had a Pouliot. You know, they they had a, a, a Maroon and a Lucic. You know, so they had some guys with playoff experience. Toronto had none, really, outside none. of the guys yeah. that hung around for that 2013 devastating loss to Boston. Boston, so no. they had Boyle too, but that's why they got Brian Boyle. But right. I mean, he's not a front line guy. He's not a top line guy who's going to be playing, you know, seventeen twenty minutes a night. He's, right. he's a ten to twelve minute a night guy. Yeah, so th- 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 you could see that this is going to be a help. And I've, I've always been a Patrick Marlowe fan. I think he's one of the most underrated players. I mean, I think this is a Hall of Famer that doesn't get a lot of a lot of credit because it seemed like he was always on the verge of getting traded in San Jose, and uh, then finally he got his due a couple of years ago, going to the final, and, and very quietly had a tremendous season yeah. uh, for San Jose. Talking to Dan Rosen from NHL.com, your thoughts? Thoughts on Montreal's contract to Carey Price? I, I didn't think they had much of a choice if they wanted to keep Carey Price. I mean, that's the nature of the business. When you have a superstar player, and, and we're going to see it with Connor McDavid too, you know, I mean, you have a superstar player and you want to keep him, you have to pay for him. And I am not a fan. I said this after the Rangers eliminated Montreal. I was with a couple of the Montreal writers after the game, after game six, and I said they should trade Carey Price. And all of them were like, there's no way they're ever going to do that. I said, it's not a matter of if they're going to do it. I'm saying they should do it because they're going to be paying him. I, I thought it would be 11. I think it came in at 10 and a half. Uh, and eight more years, and it's going to be good carry price for four. And then you're going to be seeing a little, you know, it, it should still be good, but not as elite carry price as we see now. And we've seen it over and over and over again that you can win with cheaper goaltending right. in this league. You can, I mean, look, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins just won the Stanley Cup two years in a row with Matt Murray as their number one goaltender in the Stanley Cup final. Like, not making much money, you know. Um, you can do that if you have the team around the goaltender to do it and you have a capable goaltender. But Carey Price is elite and they want to keep him. And if you're going to keep him, this is the price you're going to have to pay. Yeah. I don't think anybody's surprised by it. No, but I just don't know. Like you said, you look at the Rangers situation, right? I mean, they're paying all that money to Longquist. He's an outstanding goaltender, maybe one of the best goaltenders in the league. And you look at the needs in front of him. That's the reason why that team hasn't been able to capture the cup is the needs in front of him, not because yeah. of the goaltender. And Montreal, which I think is kind of built like the Rangers, that's the same situation they're going to find. They're going to be paying all that money to a goaltender that's that's great. But great is not getting it done because they just don't have enough in front of them. And I just wonder how they can put together that team without it. Yeah, it's going to be hard to do. And um, it doesn't help that, you know, that they don't have a a P.K. Subban anymore. And I know Weber's there, but but he's a little bit older, too. You know, he's not an old man by any means, but there's a dynamic element to P.K. Subban. And he's a little bit younger and he's a little bit cheaper and uh, not by much, but, you know, a little bit. Look, they have the goaltender. We know that. Can they fill in the blanks around the goaltender and have the coaching that's necessary to do it? I think they've got the right coach, and I think they got some of the pieces in place. Uh, Jonathan Druin was a nice pickup for them, but their D is hurting. Okay, their D is hurting. I think five years for Carl Osner is a little bit too many years mm-hmm. um, for Carl Osner. I like Carl Osner, but I wouldn't. I would not have gone five years on him. I think he's 
Dan Girardi waiting to happen, and that's not a knock on Dan Girardi. No, it's true. A a, a guy who's had a tremendous warrior-like career in the National Hockey League and eventually just body breaks down, you know? Play a lot of games and you're a lot of hard minutes, a lot of block shots, and your body just breaks down after a while. But anyway, we'll see if they can put it together. It's going to be it's it's a it's a hard puzzle to put together if you're Mark Bergevin when you're paying your goaltender that much money. But they wanted to keep Carey Price. He's the face of the franchise. He's the the best player on the team. I don't blame them for wanting to keep Carey Price, but they've got to be able to fill in the blanks around him. All right, I mentioned the Rangers with Lundqvist. They go out and get the prize that they were looking for in Kevin Shattenkirk. He gives them the hometown discount, four years, uh, and that works, and, and that's going to help them. It's going to help their power play. It's going to help what they're looking to do. Shea Weber, uh, excuse me, um, Brady Shea, another year older. I like their blue line. I do. I like where they're going. But they need another center, Dan. Um, I thought maybe they'd take a chance on a Thornton for a year to see if they can plug in something there. But what, how do they address the loss of Stepan? Is Zabanajad ready to be a number one center, or are they still looking to find that player that can fill that spot? Well, they just signed David DeArnay, who's not going to fill that spot right. for Derek Stepan. He's going like, to like for Lindbergh's spot, you know? That that's where I think he's going with that. So they have two options to look at. They have a little bit of cap. They have some cap space to work with. It's potentially over $10 million if Kevin Klein is indeed going to retire or just leave the money on the table and walk away and whatever it may be. And that's another $2.9 million. So I, I, there is, I think they have to still be looking. They have to still be in the market for another center. Matt Duchesne is out there. He's trade bait potential from Colorado, $6 million. For the next two years, the Rangers could fit him in. Um, It would be a squeeze to fit him in and get Zibanejad and fast underneath. But they'd have so they'd have to trade some money out to do it. I think, to be honest, I think they're going to still be looking. But I think that they're going to go into this. That their thought process right now is let's see what we have. Let's go into training camp with this. Let's get Zibanejad under contract. Let's get fast under contract. We've got Zabanajad, we've got Hayes, JT Miller is it could move to the middle. Right. Dayarnay, Bunieves is another one that could come up, and there's your center depth. And you know you hope that Mika Zabanajad is ready to make that jump, uh, and you hope that Kevin Hayes or JT Miller can be your number two center, and you kind of go with it that way and see how it works out for you. And if maybe Dayarnay can be your number three and Miller stays on the wing and Nieves makes the team as your number four. And, you know, you have uh, options there. They're certainly weaker down the middle. But in fairness to Derek Stepan, I would still rather be paying Kevin Shattenkirk 665 yes. rather than paying Stepan 665. And it's just because everything that Shattenkirk adds mm. to your power play. He, he is the dynamic element on the power play that they have not had I think he's good for a, a good three to four to five percent bump in your power play, and then you're no. up near the elite in the power play if That's you do it. that. And there you go, you're winning some more games that way. No, there's no question. So good job out of the Rangers, and it just shows you. I don't think anybody's complaining about the trade uh, that sent Stepan uh, packing. It's just that it did leave a little bit of a hole that they might yeah. uh, be able to address, and we'll see. I've you know I, you know me, and I've I've done, did the show with EJ Raddick. He always brings it up. Up the middle is the key. Good centers, good yep. defensemen, good goaltender. I think they got the D. I think they got the goaltending. 
that's a tough mm-hmm. place to be weak. Uh, so we'll see if those guys step up. And um, I, I still think they're a playoff team, and I still think there's still work to be done. Sticking in New York, Islanders, a lot of cap space, not a lot of moves. Where do you think they're going to end up doing? I don't know. They're very hard to figure out right now. They really like a lot of their you know a lot of their younger players. They really do like them. Uh, Hosang, you got to figure he's going to be a big part of it. Matt Barzell might be a big part of it. Michael Del Call might be a big part of it. Um, you know, they've obviously still got Tavares and Nelson and and Lee and Ladd and Beauvillier and you know all these guys. So. I'm not 100% sure. They do have a lot of cap space, but I don't know where they're going with it right now. Uh, they got to get Calvin DeHaan under contract. And I thought they would still be in the market even after getting Jordan Everly, who I didn't mention at the beginning. But, you know, Jordan Everly is another one, obviously, a big addition for them. I thought even after getting him, they would still be in the Matt Duchesne market. And maybe they could have, you know, gotten that deal done with Travis Hamannick going there. It didn't happen. Makes me wonder if they're still in that Matt Duchesne market because of what they have remaining, especially on D. Uh, they could, you could, it could be what it is right now, mm-hmm. basically with the Islanders. And the other thing we have seen, we have seen it from Garth Snow in the past. It's how they got Johnny Boychuk and Nick Letty. You wait and you wait and you wait, and you find the team that's in cap, tru- cap struggles right before the season, and you make a trade. Now, you know, Sackick wants a defenseman, and I'm sure that's what Colorado desperately needs. And you're just hearing all these rumors about Carlo, maybe a Charlie McAvoy out of Boston, possibility of them doing it the trading deadline last year didn't happen. Does Boston blink? Can Sackett get that defenseman he's looking for, an elite type of defense? And I think Carlo and McAvoy could be that. Would Boston ever think of doing that? I think they'd be crazy to trade Charlie I agree. McAvoy. I what about Carlo? A little bit. I, I, I think Carlos there is their replacement for Zdeno Chara, and I'm not saying he's Zdeno Chara. I'm saying he's their replacement for him when he's done. And I, I w- it's very difficult to trade young defensemen when you have an older defenseman, you know, who's eventually going to be working his way out. I know there's a position in need there for Boston, but man, I, I wouldn't do it. I would not trade a young defenseman like. Carlo or Charlie, certainly not Charlie McAvoy, to get a Matthew Shane who is good. He's very good, but McAvoy's got a chance to be an all-star. Uh, Panos asks on Twitter about the moves the Devils made, uh, going out and getting uh, Marcus Johansson in a trade, obviously their first overall pick, and the acquisition of Brian Boyle. I, the Marcus Johansson is brilliant on Ray Shiro's part. I mean, it's he basically traded away two draft picks that weren't the Devils to begin with, and they didn't have to give up anything to get them to get a guy who is a potential top six player for them with a lot of experience, a lot of playoff games under his belt, can play a versatile role. He can play center if need be. He's more of a wing at this point. Uh, I think it's a great move for him. And Brian Boyle, I, I'm a big Brian Boyle fan. I'm a proponent of Brian Boyle. I think he, he's a winner wherever he's been. His teams have been good. And I think that says something about who Brian Boyle is. I like that addition, too, simply because he's a veteran presence in your bottom six, on your penalty kill, makes your team better. They wanted Shattenkirk. It, it had to be a body blow when he took the Rangers on a four-year deal because I, I don't have it for sure, but I 
got to think the Devils offered him seven years. Um, and he, he took the, the four years from the Rangers. So they still need help on D, but I think Rishiro's doing a good job. I think he's had a good offseason. Uh, it's not his fault that Kevin Shattenkirk didn't go there. No, and that's just, hey, grew up a Ranger fan, wanted to play for the Rangers his entire life, and you just saw by the discount that he gave him how desperately he wanted to play yeah. at the Garden. You want to wrap it up with some tweets? Sure, all right. you can do that. Taking up all your time away from your kids on a summer day. Yeah. What an awful human being I am. Uh, Nick, That's perfectly all right. They're fine. <laughs> um, Nick M says, any way for the Rangers to grab uh, Bozak, expiring contract from Toronto, for Holden and Jensen, or Leo Komarov straight up for Holden? Well, I mean, that's presuming that the Toronto Maple Leafs want Nick Holden. You know, and I'm sure it's a trade the Rangers would make, but would Toronto make it? And I'm not, I'm not 100% there with Toronto making that trade. Toronto, does, it's an interesting, it's an interesting, you know, type of trade because Toronto does need some some back end help. But I'm not 100% sure that Nick Holden is the back end help they're looking for. But it's certainly something interesting. Bozak would be. Um, he, he's again. He's in that range. He's not a number one center, you know. Right. He's in that range. Um, so you're still banking on somebody who hasn't been a number one center to be a number one center on a winning team. Bozak was that on a losing team in Toronto, and it's part of the reason they were a losing team is they didn't have the depth up the middle that they do now. Um, trading, I think the Rangers would love to trade away a guy like Nick Holden because it would open the door for Anthony D'Angelo to be in there if they want to do it. But the other thing is he got the veteran experience, and he's a third-pair guy now with Mark Stahl. So, um, again, you're trading a defenseman. I, I, I think Toronto would be in the I, – I think the Rangers would be in the market to do that. I don't know about Toronto. Yeah, I agree with you. Jeremy Rahm wants to know, is Stahl movable? Not really. That contract's hard to do. That that one is very hard to do. And it's a re- they, if that was the only contract and Girardi's wasn't there, I think the Rangers would have bought out Stahl. But they bought out Girardi because it's a cheaper buyout. Um, I think there's still value in Mark Stahl. I may be alone on this, Don, but I think there's still value in Mark Stahl to be a 15-, 16-minute-a-night defenseman and to play on your penalty kill and to use his long reach and to cut off that pass in the middle of the zone – I think there's still value. I think he still plays a good enough role on this team, especially in a third-pair role, to be a part of this team. Um, four more years of it, I'm not so, so sure of, but I think at least next season and maybe the year after, uh, I'm okay with it. It's just uh, Ranger fans don't like Mark Stahl. He's a little. He obviously doesn't have the foot speed. He never really did. He doesn't have the offensive game. He never really did. Uh, but I think he can still be a stalwart defensive player on this team. You know, what's interesting is when Girardi got hurt, they tried a bunch of different uh, top-line defensemen to play with McDonough, and Stoll mm-hmm. did the best job of yeah. all the guys because he still has that veteran uh, ability. But you're right. I mean, he's making a lot of money, and he's a little slow. It's listen, the same thing they hated Girardi, you know. And so if Stahl yeah. had been bought out, they'd be hating on Girardi right now. Just that's the way it is. You get older, and you're still asked to do a lot. And you know how defensive is. I can I can, I can, stick Stahl on the third defensive pairing, and it'd be fine. It's just I'm going to get him exposed if I put him on a top pairing. Well, that's, that's the beauty of Shattenkirk right. and bringing back Brendan Smith and the development of Brady Shea and obviously with Ryan McDonough, you can play Mark Stahl on your third pair 15, 16 minutes a night and that his body will hold up. He'll be better 
for that. It's the same theory I have with Dan Girardi going to Tampa. Play him 15, 16 minutes a night in warm weather climate. I think Dan Girardi can bring you value that way. Yeah, and there's no question. I think Tampa did a good job with that. And then finally, Guy wants to know, it's actually a kind of question that I have, uh, is Ruff an assistant with the Rangers? Hadn't seen anything official yet. I mean, hearing yeah. a lot of rumors about it, but the Rangers have not officially announced anything. What do you know? Uh, I haven't heard anything beyond what I've read. I, I also haven't asked um, either. It hasn't been on my radar to, to ask that. But I heard it a while ago that Lindy Ruff could be – coming and Elaine Vigneault was signed off on it and I did see Vigneault at the draft I did not get a chance to ask him about it they haven't said anything official it is interesting I'm, I'm not 100% sure yeah, I was I was the same way because guys been asking me, you know, for the last couple of weeks, and I've been reading the same stuff that you've been reading, and I guess they're just waiting for in due time. I think that'd be great. I know he's got a great relationship with the Rangers, a lot of their current coaches. Uh, not that it matters, but uh, great relationship with all the announcers that he had played with with the New York Rangers, including yeah. Dave Maloney. Uh, I think it would be a natural fit. I think he's an excellent head coach, but if those offers do not come right away, maybe this would be a nice stopgap for him until that opportunity came. The only thing I would ask, though, and not that AV is in any kind of trouble, but when you have that kind of credentials as an assistant coach, does it put pressure? on the head coach. Would there be a tendency for Vigneault to maybe look over his shoulder after a, a, a tough start to know that you have somebody of that caliber on your bench? I don't think so because if Lindy Ruff doesn't take the Ranger job, maybe he's out of work and he's still available and he's still looking over your shoulder. I think yeah. a coach is always always has an eye over his shoulder. Uh, he's always wondering. There's, you're hired to be fired. And Vino did just get a contract extension. He's taken his team to the playoffs every year. Uh, I, th- I think it was a big disappointment they didn't beat Ottawa this year. They should have beaten Ottawa this year. That's partially on him, no doubt about mm-hmm. it. He gets an opportunity to rebound this year. I think they're a better team, certainly a better defensive team uh, on the back end than they were a year ago. Um, so I-, I don't think Vino is in any trouble, and I think he he'd be – remiss if he didn't sign off on bringing a coach aboard with the experience and knowledge of Lindy Ruff to help this team. And if that means that in two, three years, you know, Elaine Vigneault is gone and Lindy Ruff is the coach, then so be it. But I, I kind of, I find it hard to believe mm-hmm. that if Elaine Vigneault makes it through this season, that Lindy Ruff isn't a head coach somewhere else next season. All right. So those of you people listening in the tri-state area, July 22nd, Hawthorne, New Jersey, Wag Fields, five o'clock, it's the ninth annual Mark Sasso softball, and our third baseman is Dan Rosen from NHL.com. We're going to have Willie Colon. We're going to have Chris Canty, Rick DiPietro, Ken Danico, Brian O'Halloran from Kirk's, uh, Clerks is going to be there. So nice. swing by. But the true star will be Dan, especially yeah, for what he did today. bigger than me, but <laughs> be sure to come by. It's a great event. All right. Well, listen, enjoy your summer up until then and even after that. But I will see you uh, on the 22nd, buddy. Thank you so much. All right, man. You got it. All right. That's Dan Rosen, NHL.com. Does a great job. Threw a lot of stuff at him, and he didn't have any heads up on the questions I was going to be asking him because he really definitely rolls with the NHL and knows a lot about the sport for sure. I want to close it out with a few more tweets. Donald asks, do the Rangers need to trade for a center, or are there possibilities in the farm system? We just heard Dan say uh, Boone Eves, who we saw a little bit of this year, uh, could round out and be the fourth uh, center where uh, uh, you can have um, 
Ade Arnay move up to the third center, Hayes the second center, and then Zabanajad. Can he make that next step? And that was your next question, Donald, and we'll have to see. Remember, Zabanajad missed a hunk of time last year with the broken leg, so um, I think he could be a little bit uh, better this year if he was able to play 82 games. Liam, same question. Rangers still have a big hole at center. Do you see any trades or free agents that will fill it? Uh, well, no, you know Duchesne's out there as a trade. I think the Rangers would love to be able to bring him in, but it might cost you a Brady Shea, and I don't know if uh, they want to do that. I think you want to be able to maintain the youngsters that you have. Not too many teams are trading away centers unless they have a cap problem, and uh, really the only possibility would be with Colorado, but you're going to have to give up a lot to get him because the Islanders are interested. Certainly the Boston Bruins are interested, and you've heard some of the defensemen have been thrown out to be able to get a Duchesne. Uh, that's a tough thing uh, to really consider. And also, Gregory S. Mark says, seriously, our ESPN seriously needs more NHL coverage. Is Game Misconduct the only NHL podcast left on the entire station? And the answer to that is yes. But if you listen to this and you and you and you subscribe to it, if you go to the ESPN app, if you go to Apple Pie, uh, uh, Podcasts and you subscribe, well, then you're going to know that this is the destination. You don't need more than one podcast if we're doing our job, and we certainly believe that we're doing our job with the guests. We dive into it. We do get a little New York-centric at times because that's where we base it out of, and that's how Game Misconduct started. But it's all about you. You tweet me, at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct, about any of the 31 teams in the National Hockey League. Anything going on in hockey, we'll answer it. I'll get somebody on the air to answer it. So this should really be the only podcast you're worried about. Anyway, also, Courtney says, how do you think the Rangers will deal with the loss of Stepan on the penalty kill? He has one of their best penalty kills. Yeah. But they had to move him, and I think there are other guys that can learn to play those positions. I think Darren A could be a really good penalty killer. Uh, he did that a little bit in Edmonton, certainly did it in Montreal. So I think that they will find a way to be able to fill in all of those losses if they desperately need to. Also, just one that came in, can the Rangers compete for the Cup without a top-line center? Will they trade for one? What do you think, Don? Well, I just told you, maybe Matt Duchesne. Uh, maybe they'll go within. Can they win a cup? You got the goaltender. You got the blue line. The power play should be better. I do believe you win with centers. Look at what Pittsburgh's been able to do with their centers. Um, look at all the teams in the league that have great centers, how well they play. If Jack can play like he did before he broke his leg, if Hayes is willing to take the next step or able to take that next step, if J.T. Miller gets thrown into that spot, he can take the next step. I think Dearnay is a nice player. I think they can compete for the Cup, but you're in a tough division. Washington's not going anywhere. Pittsburgh's not going anywhere. I think Philadelphia can be better. I think New Jersey made some strides, not maybe to be a, a better team than the Rangers, but certainly a team that you might have a tough time beating five, uh, four or five times during the course of the regular season. Uh, so Spiros, who was nice enough to get that tweet under the wire, hopefully you were able to hear it and enjoy it. So, again, the same kind of thing. For the rest of the summer. I'm not going to do it every day. not going to do it every week. But when big things happen periodically through the course of the summer, we will throw a game misconduct up there uh, because of anything that happens. Big trade, big movement, big free agent signing, big hirings, big firings. We want to be on top of it. And certainly things have settled down since July 1st, free agent signing period. But things can still happen. So what you need to do is you need to subscribe to Game Misconduct. Go to ESPN app. Go to Apple Podcasts. If you subscribe to Game Misconduct, you will get an alert when there's a new one up there. Also, you follow me at, at Don LaGreca, and I will put it up on my timeline. I'll retweet it so you know that it's there. So 
During the course of the season, we do it every day. You know where to find it. But during the summertime, it's going to be catch as catch can, and we want to make sure that you don't miss it when it's up there. So at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct for your questions, your comments, and don't forget to subscribe. Thanks to Dan Rosen, NHL.com. We'll be back with you later on in the summer. This was another summer edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.